Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Go up, LA is coming home. The R&B singer-songwriter who grew up in Oakland before heading south to LA is back this week for a four-night stint at Yoshi's that kicks off tonight. Her iconic song, Closer, which was first released independently in 2001, remains influential in R&B music today. Raised in a social justice-driven household in Oakland, Guapale has been a voice for prison reform, HIV-AIDS awareness, and other causes throughout her career. This hour, we'll be talking to Guapale about getting back on stage in pandemic times, her childhood in the Bay, and of course, her music. That's coming up next. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. You know I'm crushed out on you. That's the 2005 song Crushed Out by singer-songwriter and Oakland native Guapale. In a career spanning two decades, five albums, numerous musical features in film and television, and now a lifestyle brand, her soulful sound and introspective lyrics really mean something to her fans, especially here in the Bay Area. She's got a four-night run of just about sold-out shows starting at Yoshi's in Oakland, and she joins us this morning. Welcome to the show, Guapale. Good morning. Thank you for that intro. Also, welcome home. Yes, it's it's good to be home. Thank you. So your current home, L.A., I mean, it's not too far away, but this particular homecoming, what's it feel like for you and how's it different? Um, it's different because although I've made, you know, several trips up here regularly in the past couple of years, um, just as far as living through a pandemic, I have, you know, the, I haven't been able to do this. I haven't been able to be at Yoshi's probably in the longest time since I first performed there years and years ago. It was a place that I would go to regularly and 
specific fans, you know, would always come back to shows, um, even friends and family. Um, I would, I would see there and it, and it really felt like a homecoming. And so not doing that for two years has, 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 has been a little of, of a void. You feel like you got and, creative you know, eat, energy pent up? Um, definitely. And I, you know, I definitely have been, you know, recording over the past two years once I got over the initial right, shock and <laughs> realizing horror. that this wasn't, <laughs> yeah. that this wasn't just going to last a couple weeks, you know, and you know, that our daughter would be home zooming for months. I was like, okay, we all have to make this work. So I'm going to need to get this home studio going and, and, you know, get empowered, um, on, on my whole, you know, pro tools and, and doing all the, you know, recording from home and being creative and, you know, doing virtual shows. And, and I got a lot of quiet time, mm-hmm. um, to my where I got to just, you know, I mean, when I had to just kind of meditate every day to just keep myself calm and feeling like the world isn't going to end, even though we were all out of control, you know, yeah. and knowing what would be next. Um, but, you know, get to after a while channel that energy into thinking about what do I have to say? What do I want to vision? Um, and kind of reinvigorate, you know, and, and refuel. Yeah. It does seem like a lot of artists went through a, a period of kind of reconsideration of, you know, a lot of, and not just artists, oh, people. For sure. What do I want? What do for I need? Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's take it back a, a little bit. Um, you were born and raised in Oakland. What memories really stand Oakland out for Berkeley, you? Yeah. yeah, in Berkeley too. That's right. Um, what really stands out about your childhood to you, like in your memory? Um, I think about, I mean, when I kind of snapshot back, I would say, you know, house, house parties, you know, I grew up around a lot of gathering and my family is really spread out. Um, you know, even having some, a lot of family that still lives in South Africa and then, um, my mom's family is like German shoes spread out. And, and so there was a lot of friends that turned to, you know, loved ones that became family. And um, we would just gather all the time and, the, and live music. My parents took me to see live music and my brother, like all the time, you know, we'd be at, La Pena and mm. um, Ashkenaz and all of that. And, the, you know, there was a few kids there. It was mainly adults, but it was just we were we were all there. And um, that definitely influenced me. And um, music and community, just that being part of a big part of my life. Yeah. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about your father's story? I mean, he was in political exile from South Africa. Um, yeah, and we, we didn't talk about it a lot, um, growing up, but there was a lot of, 
a lot of South Africans um, that had to leave South Africa, you know, during the apartheid system, if they were lucky to get out, you know, and just um, organize to figure out how to change that extremely oppressive system. And a a lot of people came out, um, whether it was through educational, uh, you know, get a Fulbright scholarship and yeah, or some artists um, got to leave. And then there was some people that, you know, my dad escaped, so he wasn't able to go back, but it definitely made for a stronger community here of South Africans. So I think that broadened my influences, you know, um, because we were not only listening to, you know, Bob Marley and Nina Simone and Lionel Richie and stuff in our house, but it was and Aretha Franklin, but it was also Shima Sakela and Marion McCaba and Lady mm-hmm. Smith, Black Mambazo, and then we would see them live and maybe we would cook food and bring it to the show and you know. Um and I mean, I don't know. My dad was a humble, laid back kind of guy, but I knew that he had been through a lot and um, it kind of gave a perspective on what, you know, a generation one or two before him went through Mm -hmm. in this country, you know, and it, and it made me probably think more critically and, um, and just know how um, important self-determination is and just how easy it is um, to get, you know, just like, I don't know. I think yeah. just thinking of injustice was more at the... It was just Four, part of your you life. You know, when yeah. I was a little younger than, yeah. yeah. We're talking with yeah, singer and... Oh, sorry. We're talking with singer and songwriter Guapale, who's back in her hometown, Oakland, this week to perform a series of live shows at Yoshi's. What questions do you have for Guapale? Do you have a favorite song of hers? Tell us what it is, what it means to you. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQD Forum. Or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you got into writing music and your early kind of inspirations and influences? Yeah. Um, let's see. I, I always love to sing and dance and draw. Um, creativity was like my world. And um, outside of my parents, record collection um when i started kind of building my own influences of my generation it was like you know whitney houston and prince and um the jets you know and (laughs) and and, um and all kinds of stuff and i was kind of thinking like who's writing these songs and i think as i you know I I just I remember really 
young, like before I was 10, there was some lyrics that I was just thinking of that just didn't feel totally authentic. And I was kind of like, who is writing this? You know what I mean? Whose story? And like, I want to tell my story and I want to, you know, um, grow up to be, you know, an entertainer, but also like an artist who gets to say what actually, you know, reflects my emotions and thoughts. And um, as, you know, by the time I was a teenager, was kind of already performing at, at community events and even, you know, listening to like Sweet Honey and the Rock a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, and, um, also a lot of hip hop music. And, um, so I was being influenced by some of that production, but, um, So I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, relating to other people that were of the neo-soul generation where it's like we grew up on soul music and and jazz and all these other things. And then we were part of the hip hop generation, but expressing ourselves, you know, and sampling all that music, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and, and, And sampling all of that and also, you know, it was like the spoken word kind of generation too. So there was just all these different um, influences. And I always loved writing and just couldn't wait to turn it into song. We're talking with singer and songwriter Gawapale. We're going to go into the break here in a bit of her song, Milk and Honey. I'm Adrigal. Stay tuned. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.
We're talking with singer and songwriter Gowapale, who's back in town, hometown of Oakland, to perform a series of live shows at Yoshi's. That song is Closer, one of your big hits, Gowapale. And I, I just wonder, you know, before the break, you were talking about this kind of unique mix, this stew that was going on in the Bay during that time. How do you think this song ended up kind of expressing those influences? Um, well, I actually, I was finishing, um, my EP, you know, and, um, you know, we were starting our label Skyblaze, but it, it was, it was, I'm going to say whatever the step before being independent, you know, (laughs) when I recorded this song (laughs) was, and, you know, in the tradition of, you know, so many artists in the Bay area, at least, you know, there's been a blueprint for that. And so I was kind of wrapping everything up and I, you know, lyrically, I'm going to say was already relating, although I couldn't express it in the words of the song yet, you know, the feeling of I'm on my way somewhere. I'm starting to live a dream, but I can't fully fulfill it. I can't fully execute it the way that I want to. And, um, it was just like growing pains, you know, like you can feel yourself going somewhere, but it's like, Oh, but I want to be, you know, I want this to be even better um, than it is. And this is like the best that I can do right now. This is the best way I can express myself and, you know, just feeling the struggles, you know, when you're in the middle of realizing your dream. And at the time I had been working with Amp Live and um, Zion I and, you know, collaborating with them, doing some hooks with them. I had been working with Hyro. Um, and so Amp would give me a lot of, of music. And I remember he gave me that instrumental that was, it was a little more bare bones than that at at that point, mm-hmm. but he gave me that instrumental and I was like still working a day job. And he was like, just see, you know, if you can like, I, <laughs> just I, sing I over the like top of that. Yeah. It fits your vibe. Huh? Yeah. Just sing. Yeah. Over, over that beat. Yeah. And as soon as I heard it, like I went home and put it on after work. And as soon as I heard it, it was just like the music was, floating in the air and it was just like that feeling you know but it's like and the refrain just but I'm getting higher and higher like was coming to me so I was like you know what let me just come to your home studio this week and probably like the next day or a couple days later I went just to lay down the idea and um it was like so much less structured than I'm used to. You know, I really like writing out a whole song and thinking about all the sections and it really was just more of a free flowing. It was going to be an idea to come back to, but it's just like it had, he, we're just like, we're just going to leave it. We're just going to like, that'll just be the take. And, and we just um, kept building on that basically yeah, yeah. and that was like the last song of the um closer for the for the 65,000 people that bought that first 
um, you know, um, CD before it was re-released as Even Closer. That's what that was. We're talking with singer and songwriter Guapale. We'd love to hear from you. Do you have a favorite song of hers for a lot of people? Maybe it's closer, maybe it's not. Uh, Tell us what it is, what it means to you. And maybe you saw her play here in the Bay recently or uh, in the past. Give us uh, your favorite memory of seeing her perform. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, KQED Forum, or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. So what's your relationship to the song Closer now? Is it Does it feel like something you love to still perform, or are you kind of overperforming it, it? Yeah, it feels like a blessing in my life. It's like I, I think when I first, um, you know, after a couple years, there, but there was like a a brief time where I was thinking like I probably shouldn't keep singing this song like now I'm gonna <laughs> sing the new music you know I'm like and I realized um, that I I couldn't ever really take that song off the set list just because of you know people requesting it and if i probably maybe didn't do it for like one or two shows you know what i mean and um i i it's it's been one of you know the songs that it's like has resonated with other people and people give me stories of their life on like, you know, what dream they're fulfilling or, you know, how it helped them get through school or to move, you know, to a different place and, um, or, you know, get through so many different obstacles. And so for me, when I'm singing it, I'm not just thinking about my own, personal challenges or path but I'm thinking about the other people that it represents and I always wanted to do music to like fuel other people's transformation so that feels really good to me and um kind of beautiful you've got this whole like all these layers of different memories that are now all go into performing that song other people's memories too that's beautiful yeah yeah and then it's been sampled you know by all these other folks and um it's just i it it was um it couldn't have been planned that way you know so it really feels like a blessing and we even i we have um wax albums that we pulled out of the archives that i'm going to have at yoshi's actually um in the merch that's like the first closer single (laughs) with childhood drama um on it and um you know i'm approaching you know the 20th year so just starting to pull different things out of the archives and um and that just feels it's just a a full circle yeah i'm really I'm really thankful for it, and um, it laid the path, you know, for me to do 
six other albums and I'm working on a new project and, you know, so I'll do a couple of new songs at this coming out. Also, um, but definitely, you know, touching on, on all the albums and some of the early music. Yeah. You know, so you did mention it earlier that you've got an independent label, Sky Blaze, family-run record label, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you know when you were starting that that was the kind of trajectory that you wanted, that you wanted to be kind of an independent artist and maintain kind of control over your creative output? Or was that something that you came to as your career continued? Um, what I was clear about is that I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to do music. What I was skeptical of music business, and that was from the beginning. And so for me, um, I was just like, how can I, you know, be able to have my own not told what to do and, you know, told what's not going to sell and all this, all this kind of stuff. And so I think there was a part of, I don't know, a little bit rebellious, but, but just knowing that I wanted to feel empowered, you know, and thinking that being independent might be the only way. And I also, you know, worked with a major before, Mm-hmm. But Skyblaze was always involved, and so I've always had some freedom, even in different deals, and that part has always been important to me. Yeah. Uh, a listener writes in, Roberto says, uh, as a young man in the early 90s, might have been a little later than that, he says, I remember seeing Guapale and her brother performing uh, at the Upper Room, a black-owned space that fostered much creativity owned yeah. and operated by the Bilal family. Please speak to how the Upper Room yeah. may have contributed to your development. And if I can just tack on to that question, tell, tell us what Upper Room was. The Upper Room was an all-ages club in San Francisco, and then they moved to Oakland in the Fruitvale area. And there would be... Um, you know, these there'd be rappers, spoken word, um, all of this, but it was, oh, it was so fun. And um, what all ages places are actually literally all ages and, you know, feel empowering. So I probably, they probably did see me as a teenager singing their acapella or singing over some hip hop instrumental. <laughs> Um, and those spaces, you know, helped me get comfortable performing in front of an audience that wasn't like my family or, you know, at a conference. I, I feel like when I watch some new artists now, um, become so like famous so quickly because Mm -hmm. of just how social media and everything has changed so much that, you know, you doing something can give you immediate exposure. Sometimes people aren't able to get comfortable basically like singing live and growing your audience and it happening a little more gradually, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. zero to a thousand to with different people. And I'm, 
I'm, um, although it's like success is wonderful, you know, I mean, it's, it's wonderful if something catches and, um, becomes huge in what feels like overnight. I think, you know, places, spaces like the upper room and, and La Pena and, and, um, Yoshi's and, you know, all these different places to, to be able to keep building, you know, and have like a safe space, um, to grow the audience. There's, that's like invaluable. I I mean, coming back to the Bay area now and just knowing how many black people have, you know, been bounced out of the, the area. I mean, do you worry about the loss of those kind of black owned spaces like the upper room? Um, yes, I worry that, um, the Bay area is just way too expensive to live for, for way too many people in our community. Um, it's offensive, you know, and it's, you know, people that are really from Oakland are having to move out and commute. Plus in and out of the city um, because it's just, it's like one of the most expensive places in the world to live and still have to deal with kinds, all kinds of issues, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I do worry about that. And um, it's, you know, it's something that's happening all over this country, really. Um, I think in all of metropolitan, all the, you know, it's like in Brooklyn and, you know, even some parts of Harlem are renamed, you know, <laughs> it's like there's, it's, it, 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 it is a struggle and there's, um, how can we build things and make things, um, you know, bring more resources to the community and, you know, get to have the farmer's markets and get to have um, just wonderful, beautiful places to, to to shop and to get to do all these things without pricing folks out of their own community. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that's so important. And so I, I really love people, you know, companies like Red Bay Coffee, you know, and say, you know, and his wife where it's like, it's people of the community that have been able to grow a beautiful business and um, we can support that, you know, Zoo Labs is doing some great things through music. Um, there's different, you know, that, um, you know, Oakland juice, you know, right. company. Yeah. there's, there's definitely, you know, all these places where I'll be like, okay, let me make sure I'm eating at this Ollie's, you know, all these wonderful, um, businesses that we can go out of our way to, to support. Um, well, let me uh, ask yeah, you about another song. Is pretty whack. Oh, yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, and I think we, man, we covered a lot on the show, and we've never come up with any satisfactory answers. Um, 
You know, listener uh, yeah. Rick, we're, we're going to go into the break with Strong as Glass. Uh, a listener, one of our listeners mm-hmm. wrote, um, I love the song Strong as Glass from her album of the same name. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about this song before we listen to it? Yes. Um, it was the title track of, I'm trying to think, was that my fourth album maybe? And um, it, I'll be performing that some of the nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a, a story that kind of reflects especially what a lot of women go through and um, of feeling, you know, there there is an inner strength, you know, but sometimes we have to present even stronger than we're feeling at the time, you know, and it's like, don't feel like nothing can can break us just because we're presenting strong and, you know, um, trying to hold down the fort, you know, in so many different areas and not wanting to be taken for granted. And actually the artist Estelle wrote the lyrics on this song um, with Mari um, Hardwick and just did a beautiful job. Yeah. This is Strong as Glass. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking with the singer and songwriter Guapale. Stay tuned for more after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal, and that's the live performance version of Guapale's song, First Love. She's a singer and songwriter from here in Oakland, and we're joined by her for the whole hour. Do you have a favorite song of hers? Give us a call. Tell us what it is or a favorite memory of seeing her perform. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's KQED Forum. Or you can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Um, Guapoy, let's talk about live performances. You've got these big shows coming up. What can audiences and people really expect in terms of how these these big shows? Uh, and getting to share experience. Um, it's, I, I think, you know, people will, if they've, if they've been listening to my music, they'll definitely, you know, hear some familiar songs that they can sing along to and also a couple new ones. Um, I always, you know, try and think of, you know, if I was writing the set list from some people in the audience's perspective and then, you know, also include stuff that's inspiring me now. So um, I always try to make it a little bit different. And this, you know, these shows, we're going to be doing some live recordings actually from them so that I can have some more out there that's like, you know, that live version of First Love because it's different, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the album and in a different way after living with the songs and just the amazing musicians that, that bring it to life. So, yeah, kind of special organic experience. So, as I understand it, you have synesthesia, which um, I think I could try yeah. to define it in the abstract, but I'm, but I'm not going to try, actually. Please do, because <laughs> I've had the hardest time. <laughs> well, you know, we're sort of you have one sensory experience like you you hear colors or you you know you can yeah. you know taste something that you also you get taste in your mouth when you see something. How do you experience it though cuz I know that it can be different depending on the person. Yeah, for me it's um you know even you know having a conversation sometimes it's visual for me, you know, for words might have certain um, colors associated with it, you know, and then there's, when I hear music, you know, the tones have, um, you know, sonically and visually, you know, it's kind of happening at the same time and um, sometimes, you know, patterns and textures, but, um, and it's something that I've been really trying to capture lately with the new music Mm. that I'm working on, how to, um, make people feel it and, and see it in the way that I do. And, um, you know, even bringing it to, uh, scent, experience and I have candles um that I'll be having for sale at the shows and it'll actually be the first show where I'll have these physical candles and 
um, you know, there's a couple scents that were inspired by the new music that I'm working on because it's it's um it's kind of like each each song, you know, if I were to fully describe it would have a a certain feeling, you know, and so one of the the first tone series in candles called Color My Heart and it has this song complicated and color my heart that go along with it and it's more of a floral influence thing Mm -hmm. and matters of the heart and you know reds and pinks and and silk right you have like actually a a dress yes yes that was a, a garnet silk dress that was inspired by it and um that's being sold online and i just felt like that texture um fit you know the songs the best and um and I'm also introducing um tone two kind of early for for folks that come to the live show before it'll be available online um that's golden hour and it comes with a couple of other um songs that aren't released yet but will be on the next project um and is more of a um, little more of an ambery kind of scent and golden hour kind of feeling um and so i'm just really excited um that's something over the pandemic that was just like part of my vision you know that i wanted to manifest like how can i i feel music um, in a way that's more than just sound. And I'm like, how can I make other people, you know, feel, feel this, this how I feel it? And, yeah. Um, so, did you, yeah, did you have so to learn how to make to a scent? Go up, go up, did, did you have you to, think? did you have to learn how to make a scent or did, were you able to like select from, mm-hmm. like, how did that work? It was more like selecting. It was more like getting like hundreds of sand. It was more like, okay, this song sounds like it should smell like this. And then I just had to just keep getting samples until I could find, you know, what resonated. You know, I was like practicing. I mean, listening and smelling with my eyes closed and kind of like, how does it feel? And then, you know, I wanted it to be sourced with manufacturing that felt ecologically sound and, you know, sustainable and um, just have a through line where um, it just felt like all around good products. Um and it's like you know, yeah, slow burning soy candles. It's just like um, it's 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 really beautiful. It's really beautiful, and I've really been wanting to build Dream Seeker and and you know some of the specialized merch in a way that um, you know they call it like products with a soul, mm-hmm. where. Um, you know, everything is very intentional about it. 
So another aspect of your artistry that I'd like to talk about is how you kind of marry these aspects of personal transformation with social justice at times. And you collaborated with the mm-hmm. documentary Homeroom to do a song, Look at Us. We're going to listen to it, and then we'll come back and, and talk about it. Okay. That that was the song Look at Us by Guapale. And it was part of the documentary Homeroom, which took place in a Oakland high school during the pandemic. What did that song mean to you? What did making that song mean to you as a someone who did grow up in Oakland? Um well, I mean I was a, a youth organizer and um you know, part of this group empowered youth educating society. And it was like, not only, um, you know, did we get to feel like we were doing community work, but we got to hang out and, you know, it was just like such a wonderful experience. And also I remember just how um, hard, you know, I remember when they were trying to do like, youth curfews and, you know, taking away budgets for this and that. And so I was also relating to these students that were dealing with that. And they were really just trying to keep the funding for their school programs. And um, so I, I, I definitely wanted to be a part of it and amplifying it. And, you know, Pete Nix was like, can you write a song, you know, that reflects all of this. And um, I worked with Bedrock, you know, producer I've worked with for years that did Milk and Honey and and all kinds of other songs. And, um, and also a writer, Lauren Evans, and, you know, just like, we're like, what is, what is that feeling that feels like you're, you're persevering, even though, um, people are trying to look right through you, you know, and, and, and count you off. And, um, it was just like, it was such a challenging experience recording the song because it was like in the height of, of the pandemic and, you know, even getting the youth choir to sing, everyone had to record isolated Mm. in there, you know, most of us from our homes and it just, it was very, it was a very challenging group experience, 
but it there was so much heart in it, you know, and um Rex Life Raj got on it, who's just so talented, um, rapper from Berkeley and, you know, brought his whole swag to it and I'm just like I I was so happy with um the the finished product and just to see, you know, they look at us the documentaries like on Hulu now. I was even flying across the country and I saw it come up on the airplane, you know, that you could watch it. I was like, Oh, this is wonderful. Um that it's, you know, getting some light on it. Another song that sort of struck me in the same vein and that has a fascinating backstory is the song Stand. So let's listen to uh, some of mm-hmm. that as well, and then we'll come back and, and chat about it. Stand up to a man, yes, I can take my place. Don't let that chest play fool you. Put your picture in a frame. It's time to step into this double dutch game. And just stand up for something. Don't fall back for nothing. If we don't stand for something. That was Guapale's song, Stand. And as I understand it, the process for getting this song out into the world began with the killing of Oscar Grant. But it really didn't come out for almost a decade. So can you fill in what, what was happening there? Guapla, can you hear me? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh. I was on mute. Oh, I no problem. Already, I was already going on talking. Oh, yeah. So, no, you... I said, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like going into the story. Um, one of the interesting things I was saying is that you played Look at Us right before um, Stand, and Ryan Coogler was um, an executive producer on that documentary. And, you know, he was such a huge part of showing Oscar Grant's story to the world, you know, with Fruitvale Station. It's like people locally knew what was going on um, with Oscar Grant. But, you know, I think Fruitvale Station let the nation feel more as a human experience, you know, not just like a victim of police brutality. And um, I think that that's, you know, what I was kind of trying to tap into with Stand was like, there's so many of us that feel um, unseen, you know, at different times or like, is it going to matter if I say anything? Is it going to matter if I do anything? Like, what is, what is, what is my um, involvement going to have any kind of impact? And I think there is so much strength in numbers and you just never know what you're going to spark by doing what you really feel in your heart. And I think, you know, people in the Bay area um, are an example of that. You know, all the time, I feel like we do stand up for each other way more than people would, you know, in in other in other places. Um, 
but I just, that song was kind of expressing how it's like, we'll see something shocking on the news um, and get involved or not get involved. And then, you know, the next day, it's just kind of grazed, you know, over and it's moving on to the next thing. And um, how easy it is to kind of get um, numb to things and believe the lies. And it's just important to just keep lifting up, you know, and standing when it's time. We've been joined by singer and songwriter Guapale, who's back in her hometown, Oakland, this week to perform a series of live shows at Yoshi's tonight through the weekend. Thank you so much for joining us, Guapale. Thank you for having me. Um, I think most of the shows are sold out, but I think there is a few tickets for the late show tonight and the late show on Sunday. Cool. Thank you so much. I'm just really looking forward to seeing folks, and I'm just really thankful for the support um, over the years and me, me getting to come back. Thank you. This show was produced by Ariana Prail, who's moving over to the KQED newsroom. She's been the creative powerhouse behind many of our music shows and you take over, of course. She's not going far, but we're going to miss her. Thanks, Ariana. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Guapale Song Power. Stay tuned for another hour of Form Ahead with Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.